All right, I know what I want to do for our stupid fucking intro. Oh, hi, Ari. Hello, Charlie. How's it going? Oh, not bad, not bad. Um, do you mind if I uh, come inside for a minute? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're always welcome here. You know that. Yeah. Okay. You're just you're standing in front of the door. You're you're sort of blocking my way in. And oh yeah, so sli- you, you, you can just slide under my arm. Just just sl- scoot in like a like a slug. Just kind of just make your way through the the crick in my the crook in my arm. You're you're. I, do you see how your posture reads as hostile, a little bit? Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You do. You hundred percent see it. That's yeah. on purpose, huh? Well, because you know, if there's a chance that you're not you, this will scare you off real quick. Like you're like this. This this person means business. You know. You don't know. You don't know what secrets I hold. How I will defend my so, home. Let me understand this. You are trying to hedge your bets against the possibility that I could either be myself or some sort of imposter. My best friend in the world or an absolute murderous imposter. Just one of two options. And so the way you've decided to really hedge your bets is you've decided that you are going to convey with your voice and your face that I'm welcome, but your body that I am a threat that you are prepared to eliminate. Yeah, and I know Charlie. And I know Charlie. Charlie Charlie has the look of someone who's sturdy, but has the ability of someone who can slither like like a snake. So I know you'll be able to get through the crook of my elbow, whereas an imposter would fail. In their nervousness, their body would tense up and they wouldn't be able to get through. Right, right. You are the fifth person I've done this with. The other four are all (laughs) gone. Oh, really? Four Amazon delivery men fled. (laughs) I said, did they look like me? Similar. You know, they all had like, they all had hair. Okay, so so what you're actually doing is you are treating every single person on Earth as a uh, as a hostile entity, except for me, but I might be in disguise. Yes, you are. See, th- I'm starting to think that you are Charlie, because Charlie Charlie understands understands why I do what I do. Okay, well let's by let's, now let's... the four Amazon delivery drivers had already run. Let's see. Let's see if I can slither in. Let's do the uh, slithering test. Slith- slither in. What is this? Don't, no, no. Slith- Slithering. Slither in this Gryffindor? Because <laughs> I'm like as sturdy as a Gryffin. <laughs> I am my it was my joke was a Turing test reference. Your joke was giving a platform to a <laughs> yeah. open Oh now I know you're Charlie. Oh, just get in here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, thank you for letting me in your house. Um, yeah. Um I, I wanted to come by before we recorded our episode today because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I was thinking about, you know, there's a lot of pressure on me to come Oh, by the way, sorry that I'm recording all of this. Um, in case I ever do get attacked by an imposter, I want proof. Just so you know why this is being recorded right now. So even though I'm inside, even though I slithered, I passed the slithering test, (laughs) you're still suspicious of me. Yeah, it's just always a little. You know what's weird though? Why you've switched now? You've switched to your your voice and your face are starting to appear very very aggressive, but your 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 
pa- you're rubbing my back so gently and sweetly. Yeah, it's good to have you here. You know, just make yourself comfortable and all that. Anyway, what what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> you, you just handed me a bottle of cyanide, and you poured me a glass of of brandy. Yeah, you're welcome. Just in, I want you to really feel comfortable here. You are my friend. I think. Unless Probably. I'm not. Unless you're not, in which case, I've, I've given you two options. But All yeah, right, anyway, you... what do you want? You came right. here before the episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I decided to show up here before the episode because there's been a lot of pressure on me recently. I've been under a lot of pressure recently to... To come up with these like in these sort of cold open intros to our episodes. Yeah, I told you I would not be part of this if I had to come up with any ideas. That was a rule, day one. And you do the intros, a, you bring the improv games, you post it. These are the rules. Well, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about, which is okay. just that I'm happy with my role here. You know, I I have some control issues. I like that that this podcast is filtered very heavily through my own sensibilities no matter how marketable those happen to be or not be um, that is the question and that's what i wanted to talk to you about Ari, is i've been having these thoughts i've been having these very dark thoughts <laughs> that's what i wanted to get to um i need help okay right now you have two options mm-hmm. you sip the brandy mm-hmm. showing that you are charlie and you and i will go in and get you all the help you need buddy Mm-hmm. Or if you are the imposter, you can try to murder me with that bottle of cyanide right now. I will defend myself, and I will win. And then when the court comes in there, like the court comes to my house, the whole court in my house, and then right, ask, the, well, the mobile court, the mobile court. You know, the it's like Uber Eats. It's like, <laughs> uh, I really wanted to think of a play on Uber Eats. But I couldn't think of one. Yeah. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat the. I'm gonna drink the brandy. You're gonna. You're gonna eat the brandy, Charlie. You do know that. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> All right, hey guys, uh, Ari here. Uh, the imposter is dead. Um, I have it all recorded. You all, I played it so that you all know, I'm not a murderer. I trust my friend of my life, but uh, that wasn't that wasn't her. This creature attacked me you all heard the recording and and it it is dead knock 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 hello hi uh this is judge juder eats i hate you so much (laughs) i'm here to prosecute you for the murder of your friend hello charlie welcome let's record our podcast i know that's you (laughs) only you can put on that good yeah And with that, hello, hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody left, and welcome to Yes Androgyny. Wow. I, I genuinely am take, was taken aback there for a second by you introducing the show, but that's fine. The Improv Comedy Podcast, where two trans-identifying people and best friends since middle school come together, drink some tea, and talk about the intersectionality between the arts and identity, and just have fun along the way. My name is Ari Noble, my pronouns are he slash they, and with me as always is my best friend, my 
trans girl in arms. Tried to make it work with NB, but it didn't work. Charlie, why don't you introduce yourself? NB, but real emphasis on the B. You know what I mean? <laughs> B. Why don't you introduce yourself to us? Um, hi, my name is Charlie. I guess my pronouns are dis slash placed. <laughs> um, and yet, my how pronouns clean are B was. How slash it trade. It was pretty good. I think I did a pretty good job considering it came off the cuff. You didn't explicitly mention improv comedy, which is. I did. I thought it was you know. an improv comedy podcast. But, oh, maybe you did. Okay. All right. I guess you can have the intro back. But you know what? Right. It shows um, I listen. I, right, I have to pee real quick, so I'm going to stop for a second. I, I'm going to keep recording. Yeah, I'll keep recording video and I'll intro. Right, yep. I'll be right there. I'm sitting in a chair and waiting for my friend to pee. We're recording a podcast to she and me. And if she doesn't finish recording soon, I'm going to get tired. This song was not inspired. All right, I'm back. Yeah, so anyway, yes, uh, I didn't mention my my actual pronouns before. They are she and they. And welcome to the show. Ari, you did a wonderful job introducing the show. And I mean, listen, this is this is a good this is a good case in point that like maybe I need to let you off your leash. I'm willing to try anything once, baby. So, if you are listening to this, if this is your first episode, or if you're coming back and you're a returning denizen of our <laughs> podcast, I think you would be under the impression, and not not necessarily an incorrect impression, that we're just fucking obsessed with being with being trans like we're just <laughs> we're just obsessed we can't shut up about we can't just stop talking about gender it's the only God, it's, it's the, like they make their whole personality their identity or something <laughs> <laughs> i think when you're interacting with like these systems of identity and also like systems of oppression like kind of for the first time or you're understanding that you're interacting with them for the first time i do think there's probably a tendency to like you, it's like you start, you see it everywhere, right? Like, like I'm still at a stage, and I don't know, maybe this doesn't go away. You'd have to ask a, a long time trans person, I suppose, because I'm, I'm still such a baby. And for me, as a baby, everything is like connected to gender now. Like everything I think or say or do or see. Well, it makes, I think it makes a lot of sense when you're growing up and you go through your teens. Like, think of how many people in their teens are like, just figuring out what it means to be whatever they identify as. Because that's when, you know, a lot of people have to, like, start really thinking about it for the first time. And we had to think about it kind of in the wrong place. And now we're getting to think about it again. But when people are in their late 20s, people associate, oh, you just kind of are who you are at that point. We're going through self-discovery after they say your brain has stopped developing. We're not done developing. There's still more. So it feels unusual to us to be at this age and feel like there's so much self-discovery left. I think people are people go hard on people who are older who are still self-discovering, but I think a lot of people do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I agree, and it's also like it's retroactive. It's like, yeah. oh, all of these ways in which, you know, experiences of the world that I had growing up 
make a lot more sense now that I know that this has always been part of me. Sure, sure. Anyway, all of that to say, listen, this isn't all we are, you know? We're not just trans. We're also gender. <laughs> we're also gender. We're also we're also dress. We're we're also makeup. Um, no, we're we're you know we're we're complicated. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't worry. We're simple as fuck. It's okay. We're, <laughs> we're easy no, we're to not. understand. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're, we have m- many different aspects of our personality, and they're <laughs> and all this very on the ass. Am I right? And pecs, <laughs> woo! They're all, and they're all very interesting. I've Don't got go many away. ass and pecs to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what um, I call it. That damn. Um, so I assume we're here today to talk about something other than identity. Is what you're implying? I want this to be the catch-all episode where we real, where we just I thought you were gonna say the. Ketchup episode. I was like, the ketchup episode. Uh, like, well, Heinz has agreed to sponsor us. Um, so I understand that that came out of left field, but it's because uh, it came out of left field for us. We weren't expecting such a big sponsorship. Like, like the hot dog you're eating covered in said product at the baseball game when the ball hit you in the head. It came out of left field. It was terrible. It was the worst thing I've ever said. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make a connection between it came out of left field and baseball. And then I was like, you eat a hot dog with ketchup on it at a baseball game. I can make that work. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to do today is I want to I want to talk about like things that are part of our personalities and our identities outside of being trans. Cool. I want to what I was saying before was a catch-all episode. Like let's just Let's just let let the audience know, you know, who we really are. Yes, yes, we're trans. Yes, that has an enormous impact but on the way that we... there can be so much more. There, there can be so much more. Um, yeah, I'm 100% down to do that. Um, For example, I am a Capricorn. Uh, I'm scared. <laughs> What do you think about that? Filth! <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Don't we love that? We love astrology, don't we, listeners? Yeah, don't we, Ari, who is a Scorpio and who hasn't had to deal with years of BS surrounding being a Scorpio <laughs> and how that makes me aggressive and terrifying, apparently, which is definitely what you want to hear when you're trying to escape masculinity. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Uh, whoa, 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 Ari, are you making this about being trans? <laughs> Everything's about being trans, baby. We should have like a buzzer where you make it about being trans. <laughs> like, right, from now on, every time one of us mentions gender in any way, there will be a buzzer. Yeah, and it will, and it's attached. You've noticed I've attached electrodes to your nipples. Uh, don't we normally do that anyway? Yes, 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 yes. But I've disconnected. To the, I was unrelated. No, 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 no Ari. Every single time you mess up. I turn down the electricity Damn and you get it. a little less pleasure. <laughs> Please don't do it. I'll never talk about it. I'm cis. I'm cis. Please. No, wait. That's a gender related term. No. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. Okay. No. We, I. Please I keep am... that part in. The idea, like, I know that's nonsense, but the idea of the reverse 
the reverse electrode. No, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep it torture. in. Torture. Anyway. Um but, okay, but I think I think here's here's something interesting. So astrology, you know, astrology is one of those things that I don't I don't put the same amount of weight into that some people do, but par- partially because being a Capricorn, the thing that you always hear about being a Capricorn is Capricorns are ambitious, they're materialistic, almost like the CEO personality. Like they're 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 the they're, they're, C they're... and CEO stands for Capricorn. <laughs> right, Cap- Capricorn, Capricorn enabled operator. Dang, there you go. That's um, what CEO is, baby. But like, 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 like Machiavellian almost. And like, I know that that's a simplification. And but as I, a uh, Scorpio myself, the S in serial killer is Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> but I do f- think like astrology is it's 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 a framework. It's a desire for an innate framework to one's life, and I think that that's something that the things that we desire but we struggle for. I think we want to imagine our innate to us and they will always come back. You know what I mean? As a creative person, we don't say, oh, I'm just a person who is trying to be creative and that might completely fail and I might be really bad at it. We're like, I'm a creative person. As if, like, 10 years down the line, if we still haven't done art, don't worry. Like, we'll always come back because we're just creative people. Like, as as a this, as whatever, as this type of brain, as this, I'm guaranteed to be good at this. Right. Right. That's interesting. We So you're saying you're saying that that part of what is appealing about astrology is that it gives us maybe like a sense of permanence, a sense of like, this is who I am continuity across all the different versions of ourselves where there's so much about us that's changing. I mean, there's stuff about you and I that have has changed a lot in the last year. I mean, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. I went to listen back to the first episode of the podcast and was shocked at how different we sound. So, what are you fucking? What the fuck are you doing? All three cats have congregated inside the bookshelf, and I just hear, and it's the whole bookshelf shaking. <laughs> all of y'all, stop it! Everyone, all three of you, just quit. Okay. Um. Yeah, I uh, I'm a Scorpio, born and raised. Uh, something something. Rest of my days. I grew up hearing that that made me an emotionally aggressive person. Uh, which I didn't like hearing. I grew up religious, so maybe that's why I'm antsy about ever hearing the idea that uh, we are something, and that is what we are, right? I really prescribe to the idea that we are our choices, and that if you make enough bad choices, you might not... You can, like... Obviously, I believe in rehabilitation. I believe people can, you know, change to an extent, but if someone's, like, you know, murdered, like, 800 people... I'm probably not going to invite them over for dinner. Uh, oh, I agree. That's that's the line. That's 799. The line. Come on in, baby. I'm not going to stand they're in the doorway right, aggressively. They're, they're digging into my lasagna, but 800. Garfield's okay. very accepting. Eight, 800 people, and they have to take they have to take that shit in a to-go container. <laughs> I think, yeah, like, I truly believe that we are born with certain, we are certainly born with certain tendencies, but all that decides who we are is what we decide to do with those tendencies, right? If we're a good person and a kind person. So hearing you're a Scorpio, so you're this and that, didn't feel great. Does your concept of God include imbuing you with an innate personality? Uh, like, uh, you know, there there must be a... I know you you have a concept of the soul. The Baha'i Faith is pretty... 
generally speaking, I have some issues, but generally I did appreciate the fact that I was always told that, you know, in the Baha'i faith, when you die, your soul doesn't suddenly, like, it's not like, you know, oh, now you're going to hell. It's like, oh, you just are going to keep growing and changing as a person for all eternity and the per and the soul the self is very malleable and very changeable in that there is no time where growth stops and you're never guaranteed to be anything thoughts don't mean anything actions are what matter how you treat others what you do and obviously having terrible thoughts all the time probably means you need to work on something but that was a kind of weird discrepancy i had where my faith told me growing up that I chose who I got to be. But some of my upbringing taught me that it didn't matter what I did. Shit would fall on me anyway, right? I could be the best little kid in the world and I would still get punished for bullshit. And I attached my emotional value as a person to not how I behaved, but how I was treated. So I could be kind and then be punished for bullshit and then think that that meant that I must have done something bad. And so... I now am very much in the in the my, the headspace of your decisions are really what make you who you are. No one else gets to decide that. I remember I have this memory of one time in high school. Yeah, you posted a Facebook status. Uh oh. <laughs> wow. I wore fedora before there was a stereotype attached to it, but those photos don't go away, baby. I don't know. Do we listen? Do we care about fedoras worn by non-white people? Ah, oh, good point. Shit, I got I got away with it. I feel like you you really pulled it off in a way that just something I, something I about the. Pale I mean, ones. I would say the one time where I didn't pull it off is when I wore it with t-shirts. That's where it's like, if you're going to wear a nice hat, dress nice. Like when I would wear my hats <laughs> with like a really nice coat, I think I pulled it off quite well. But when I would like wear a graphic tee and a fedora, I don't think any human being can really pull that off. <laughs> um, but what was the Facebook status? What did I say? Uh, I was just about to say like. Graphic T <laughs> sounds like what what you might call me. I'm graphically T. <laughs> oh, uh, man, that wasn't very much electricity going into my nips at all. Oh, that's disappointing. Don't worry, as time as the years go on, you'll find it much easier. <laughs> To feel the electricity. In your <laughs> <nipples>. <laughs> just give it time. Um, just give it time. But you you posted a Facebook status that I, I just remember because it was really like striking to me at the time, which was you said something to the effect of, you know, I always try to be kind to people. Oh, I remember the status. Oh god, I was so upset. Continue. I remember the and status. I always try to be kind to people and I just don't understand why people like sort of insist on being cruel. And just, if you have a problem with me, I don't need everyone to like love me, but will you just like leave me alone? Because like, I haven't done anything to you. And I remember like being like, Oh my God, like something, something cracked Ari, something, something finally got to them. Um, and I'm, I'm curious if you have any memory of that or what the context was or anything. Well, now that you're asking, let me quickly. It would have been like 10 years ago. Do you remember, if I could find the date for it, I could probably remember what was going on at the time. Let me quickly scan through. 
Um, All right. Well, we did it. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, audience. Seamless transition here. We did, we did just take like just 30 minutes trying to find this freaking I found for... the status. Turns out there was a search function I could have used from the beginning, but I didn't know that. Um, All right. So you found the status. Let's, it's uh, uh, it's let's way harsher it. than you described it. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm burying my soul by reading the status, actually, because this is really intense. Um, All right. This... Give us the date. November 1st, 2010. I would have been 16 as of a... Th- it was a three days. Three days after my birthday, which is even sadder. All right. Four days after my birthday. Um, you know, people, I may be weird. I may be annoying. I may talk too much and too fast, and I might be too hyper, but I really do hate when people treat me like I'm some sort of moron or lesser human being. Please, I try to be as kind and respectful to every human being I meet and see past all of your all of your shortcomings. Please show me the distance of accepting mine as well. That's all I ask, dot, dot, dot. Liked by like 10 people. No comments. Did I like it? Actually, I don't know if it would even show up with my... I don't know. I, I can imagine why you would have been like, damn, you spent time with me in person. There was no need to prove yourself... As a person. Yeah. But, and you see, I didn't write. And what's funny is I'm going to go, if I go through the thing, my, my flaws I listed here, my quote unquote flaws. One is I may be weird. That's not really, it's very, uh, that's very subjective. I was a normal person. It's, it's, it, that, well, it, that's a social construct. That's yeah. you, you, you are taking responsibility for the fact that society, that your very limited social life at Cedar Ridge High School hadn't, wasn't like, wasn't com- embracing you for who you were and you're taking responsibility for that. It wasn't actually really true because this was only a couple months after I'd gone to Cedar Ridge where actually I made really good friends in choir. This was mostly Waldorf kids. Mm. At the time Cedar yeah. Ridge kids had accepted me because again, I was fresh and new enough that I hadn't like, you know, people didn't think I was weird yet. The most kids still, I generally, Interesting. what, what interactions, what interactions were you having with Waldorf kids in November of that year? I have no context for what happened during this period. I just entered 10th grade. I had just left Waldorf due to feeling like no one there accepted me, so that might have been why. Yeah. I left that school because so I maybe this maybe this had been brewing. Kind of I think it had been brewing in me. I may be yeah. annoying was number two, which is, again, a social construct of how people felt about me, which I don't even think was true. I think I was a very sweet kid. I may talk too much and too fast. Not flaws, just aspects of my personality. I talk a little fast. And I – it's still kind of – and then I might be too hyper – which wasn't even true. I knew I wasn't. I had ADHD That's a, and anxiety that were undiagnosed. Hyper is just like, it's a negative word people use to talk about neurodivergent people. Fun fact, that you was know? literally all of the things I listed. And then I begged people to please look past my shortcomings. This is a good, a good sense of kind of what I was going through at the time. And it's really sad because when I look at myself as a person now, I'm not saying that I didn't have flaws. Because I did. And there are certainly areas where... There are aspects, for example, I, and this is me burying my soul a little bit here on the podcast. I think that when I was in middle school, <laughs> there's like school, a content, content warning, some content warning for realness, realness. When I was in middle and high school, I absolutely fell into that really irritating trap that a lot of lonely AMABs fall into where I started to, Okay. Nowadays, you see incel culture, which is, like, dangerous, horrific, hates women. I had, like, stage one of that where I was like, no one likes me. I'm a lonely loser. And I said, and I did, and that developed over high school. I was a very sweet kid, 
and I developed these insecurities about myself. And I think that in some respect, and you might say, oh, well, you were bullied, and I was, but I do think to a certain extent, by senior year and junior year, there were in some aspects ways in which I think I'm not putting the blame on myself in so much as I'm recognizing that there were aspects of myself at that period of time that were, I was leaning into that a little too much. You know, there was a self-pity aspect, and I get it. And, like, there are people that I do wish I had treated better. And I don't think I was trying to be cruel or mean. I don't think I was a mean kid. But there were aspects where I look back at myself and I'm like, I there were some people who were trying to reach out to me and be there for me if, uh, that I don't think I recognize in the right way. I don't want to make it sound like I was this perfect little kid who was getting beaten on the floor. I was generally very kind but I like who I am so much more now. And I think that I, for example, understand that the reason I didn't have a girlfriend when I was in 10th grade wasn't because all women hated me. Yeah. Perfect example. I mean, because listen, women aren't a fucking monolith, right? Yeah. I mean, isolation absolutely breeds toxicity. Yeah. And. I mean, a huge, a huge, the, the, the reason we talk about like incel culture being a gateway to radicalization is because radicalization takes advantage of people's social isolation. You know, if you're feeling completely shitty and alone, and then there's this group of people who all t say, you know, we all feel the same way as you. And and actually, it's not it's not your fault. I'm so grateful that I didn't have access to the internet culture that would have made it much worse than it was. And there are people that... I There are a couple people in my life who I've genuinely reached out to and apologized to. For, like, yeah. just being like, I wish that I had developed a sense of self that I think I have now. I wasn't, I wasn't like a monster by any means. I was just a lonely kid who I think I look at some of these kids who go down really dark paths and I'm like, I think I was at stage one of a very long, dangerous path. And I don't think I got further into it. Thank goodness. I think I grew up as a person, but I can empathize with how some AMABs can, you know, become hateful, sad people. I don't think I got there, but I, I look back now with my who I am now, and I'm like, I can see how, had I been that fucking 16-year-old kid posting these statuses and being like, why can't people be nice to me from a genuine place, and then gone online and had people say, we understand how you feel, you're our friend, and then take me down a path that I couldn't have come back from, right? I didn't get there. I didn't get to that place, but I can see how it happens, and that's really fascinating to me to look back and feel a sense of pity for that previous self that I was. I'm glad that I've grown up a little bit since then. I'd like to think grown up a lot, actually. But that's, it's interesting you pulled that. You mentioned that status, and I'm like, oh, my God. Let's put me back in that headspace. And I'm like, oh, my God. I've really – it's been 12 years. And I think that it's not – again, I want to be very clear. It's not like I'm trying to do that wimpy thing where I was like an absolute monster who's like trying to be like, I think I've changed a little bit. It's really like I was a lonely, sad kid who would sit in the corner with a grumpy fucking face and think that that would make people like me more, you know? I don't think you actually would have ever been fully radicalized into a truly misogynistic, uh, uh, like, online culture. I think 
you did have intrinsic values that would have kicked in. I think you might have gotten further into these communities if they, w during the period of time where the communities were presenting themselves as friends, friends and people yeah. who, who are going to listen to you. It's like my dad, uh, my dad and his roommate in college got invited to participate in a uh, an attempt of the the Moonies. <laughs> the Moonies tried to the Moonies tried to recruit them. The Moonies were a like a Christian religious cult. Uh oh. Um, uh oh. The Family Federation for World Peace and Unification, the Unification Church. Uh oh. Um, uh oh. And. My dad talked about how, like, when they when they were invited, they were invited to this like banquet where they were given all of this like really good food. Oh, and that'll do it. They were after well, this person, the food does it. Yeah, yeah, all this really good food, and um, there were all these like really um, beautiful women, <laughs> like walking around being like, "Oh, we're so grateful that you're Thank here you and that coming. you're joining us." <laughs> and then, and then, um, as you know, and that th that part of it. But then, as soon as they got to the part where, um, for my dad, what it was was, um, the Moonies sang, um, a version of, uh, Bob Dylan's "Blowing on the Wind," but with changed lyrics to the answer, my friend. Lies with Sun Young Moon. The answer lies with Sun Young Moon. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! And for my dad, <laughs> I can't imagine your dad. Listen, for my rock and roller dad, that was heresy. That was enough to get him out. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the end. My point is, you. The answer is you lies with Sun Young Moon. <laughs> Yes, you would have had your version of that. I would have had my version. No, and I think the, if I were to describe it succinctly, it really was just the way people treated me was wrong. It's true. But yeah. I also think it's kind of like when you are in grade school and a teacher decides that you're a failure. They set you up more to be that failure. Yes. I think I could I, – there's a lot of ways where I changed in college and became a more mature person and more accepting of who I was. And therefore, it's like that whole thing, you know, where if people look at you and judge you, sometimes the answer to fixing it doesn't lie in, like, thinking that they're right and you're miserable. But there is an aspect of, like, maybe I need to figure out who I am and work yeah. on myself instead of expecting everyone else to fix me, right? And I think that – I did. I think I worked a lot on myself, and I think I'm really happy with who I am. Now, I think part of it probably was my my identity. I think a lot of people who are non-binary and trans will describe periods of time early on where they felt really resentful and sad because, like, they, in in puberty, everyone was figuring out their stuff, and I just got more confused. Uh, Sorry. I had and, to, and it is related. Now there's almost nothing. Now, almost no electricity at all. Yeah, I didn't even notice you did it, which is heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now let's turn the light upon you. It's like a detective wait, wait, thing, wait. like the. Wait, wait, wait! We need to do an improv thing. We, we're an improv podcast, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Are we though? Bring, bring. And who we got? I'm doing that voice. That's a horrible voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hello? Uh, who is this? I think I dialed the wrong number. <laughs> hey, what's up, Doc? <laughs> okay, yeah, wrong number, definitely. I'm gonna click. Wait, no! <laughs> All right. Redial. And... <laughs> bring, bring. DeMarco's Pizza. Look, uh, what can I get for you? Hey, yeah, um, does, um, a woman named Caroline still work for you? Caroline, yeah, uh, hey, Carol, got a phone call for you. Yeah, don't be long, we got orders. Uh, hello? Yes, this is Caroline. Hey, Caroline. Um, uh, hello, uh, may I ask who this is? I'm, I'm at work right now. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm sure you don't recognize my... Uh, this is Megan. Megan. You remember uh, from from high school? Uh, I think so. Yeah, from the theater department? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, Megan. Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, how can I help you? I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to call you at work like this. I just... I, I knew that you worked there because my mom went in there the other day and... She saw you, and I just had—I didn't know how else to reach you. I didn't—I didn't have your—you—you—you you, you deleted all your social media. Yeah, uh, you know, high school ended, and I was just kind of like, why, why, why hang on to that? And I, yeah, I just moved on, you know. Yeah, you know how it is. Well, I don't actually. That's oh. kind of why. That's why you're why you're I calling to, me at work? It's it's why I needed. To, you're right. This is pretty inappropriate. Um, it's fine. one second. I'll just take my break. Let me just. Hey, can I? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm. I'm just. I'm just gonna take my break here. Uh, let me. Okay, I'm on. Uh, just, I'm on the other phone <laughs> now, and I can talk the without office. complaining anymore. You're in the office I'm just gonna, now. With the I can phone. now just have a normal conversation with you without constantly interrupting it with phrases about how you call me during work. You know, it's, it's realistic. <laughs> I couldn't just have a casual conversation at the front desk. Huh? Okay. No, no, no. I'm glad you acknowledge the reality that we created. Whatever ideas I brought into this phone call with me. Um, your ideas are just as it. your ideas are just as valid, and we yeah. need to acknowledge the shared reality that we that we're creating together right now. Yeah. Um. So speaking of shared realities, uh, Megan, I'm actually I'm actually at my um my coal walking class. Coal, like 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 walking on coal kind of thing, like mm-hmm. the. Oh, that's that's yeah. cool. That's cool. It's kind of this group of people. We walk on coal as like a like sort a of like mind, art? kind of performance art. It makes sense. For you like, were you're always a theater girl, right? That was that was I your was thing. A, yeah, you know, kind of a yeah, exactly. It is. It's performance art. I didn't um, see you all do, that much. I was I was a I was a, I was a cheerleader. We didn't really hang out that much. You and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, you yeah. We didn't hang plays. out. How how's everything going? How are these coal classes? Well, it's it's good, and I just I that I just wanted to tell you that. That that's what I'm doing in case like you hear something in the background. That's what that is. Oh, like sizzling. Yeah, I, I don't know. You just might hear some sizzling, maybe some screaming. Oh, um, oh okay. Uh, but um, yeah. So so that's what it is. It's a coal walking class because okay. I walk on coals as part of my performance art. I'm pretty sure I've read about that. I thought I thought coal walking was supposed to be actually pretty painless, pretty easy. You just kind of don't run on it. If you do it right, but that's why we have to rehearse. And, you know, sometimes you don't do it right. Sometimes sparks fly. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you calling, Megan? What's what's going on? It's been, I don't, like, is there something that you needed to tell me? 
I I mean, look, I'm not trying to be mean, but like we I don't we weren't really friends. Like I, not that there's anything wrong with calling me, but I'm a little surprised you reach out after all this time. Like no one no one reaches out from high school. Do you remember when um you and the other cheerleaders came into the cafeteria that one day and you forced us all to sit at different lunch tables according to our zodiac signs and then you went over to you know where the you went over to I'm a Pisces and you went over to the Pisces table and you said Pisces are the pussies of the stars Pisces more like pussies and then you knocked all of our lunch trays off the table and you and the cheerleaders you poured a bunch of water coolers on our heads and you were like oh you're fish well then why don't you go back to the water where you came from and then you dumped the water on us and then um you grabbed one girl and you grabbed her arm so hard that her her fingers broke like in your hands because i mean you're cheerleaders you had such strong vice-like <laughs> grips and then you said, and you said, oh, is your hand broken? Well, you know, are, are your bones broken? Well, I was just trying to debone the fish to make fish fillets. And then you all laughed. Um, okay. I, I remember, I think I remember one time that we all were playing around in the cafeteria and like, you know, we we had like a game of some some kind of zodiac game. I remember something like that where we were all playing around together in the cafeteria, and then like some water spilled. I remember that. I think so. I sort of. I just, it was it was two years ago. You understand that's that's a long. It's been a long time. So I was fish fillet, and I just want you to know my hand never healed, and it actually disqualified me from going to the performing art school that I wanted to go to um, because they require that you be versatile and you be able to do a handstand. They said you have to be a, a quadruple threat. You have to dance, sing, I act, mean, that's an incredibly ableist. That's an incredibly ableist school. You should sue the school. Um, I tried. I tried to sue the school, and then in the courtroom... Um, they actually played that video that you guys took in the cafeteria. <laughs> and the jury felt so repulsed by me <laughs> and the way that I looked. What? And I was like, that they that they unanimously voted. I'm actually now the judge. I, I was dismissed from all courts with prejudice. Okay. So I'm never allowed to bring any suit against anyone ever again. I'm going to be real with you, Megan. Was I the girl who broke your hand? I, I don't think I would have done that. I legitimately don't think that's that's who I am. No, 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 no. You actually weren't the girl who broke my so hand. So why you why were... am I getting the brunt of this guilt? <laughs> as far as I remember, I we were we were just gonna like sort everyone by zodiac and it was gonna be this cute thing. I don't think I was even involved in the finger breaking incident. I don't think so. I don't I think I would have remembered that. Are you Um, the reason that I, <laughs> the reason that I, um, the reason that I'm calling you is because actually you were the one who 
you know, you were the cheerleader who I felt like was maybe not super comfortable with what was going on. You were kind of standing behind the other girls and you were laughing, but you were like, you know, you looked a little I didn't know you broke your hand. Yeah. Um I mean, you you are the one who started the Pisces more like pussy chant, but you know, compared to the hand breaking thing. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a Pisces. Well, that was the other thing is that I knew that you were a Pisces and I felt kind of confused and and I felt like maybe you were trying to fit in. I guess I'm calling you because you seem like the one person who maybe I would actually be able to get an apology from. Like out of everybody else. So, of all of the people responsible, you thought the one person who maybe wasn't as responsible is the one who should get an apology from? Well, okay, hold on. You could have, like, stood up for us. You could have stopped. You didn't have to chant Pisces more like pussies. <laughs> You're not blameless. I'm not blameless, but... Okay, I mean... Look, I'm sorry that happened to you. This is this is the least funny phone call I've ever received. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, I'm sorry. I know I'm sorry it happened. I'm sorry for any part I played in it. Uh, I was a stupid kid. I was scared not to fit in, but that doesn't, I guess that doesn't, that doesn't excuse participating in it. You know, it's, kids do dumb things. And I, I was part of that. And I'm sorry for my, my role in what happened to you. Uh, I'm sorry the court system <laughs> is so evil. Yeah. I mean, it did lead to my, um, my main my main career which is actually i'm uh part of the innocence project oh uh that's cool it's like a charity that's neat good for you no sorry the in a sense project like in this like like you're in this in, in in a, a sense in a sense what is that yeah what is that? <laughs> i mean okay cool good it's it, it's no my it's break what, ends what in do... like a minute megan i'm sorry i don't Okay, yeah. Well, what in the In a Sense project does is we um we actually go to we we go back to old convictions and um you know, where like the defendant was maybe like who knows, are they guilty or the innocent? Like we don't know. That's not like our specialty. But what we do is we um we try to kind of spin their crime as being like you know, not as bad as as it seemed, regardless if they're innocent or guilty. So, like, if they're, like, you know, if they were convicted of, like, stealing, stealing, like, an apple or something from, like, an apple cart, like, the Innocence Project. This is the Middle Ages. <laughs> the Innocence Project would be, like, would be, like, well, in a sense, they were just giving, they were just loaning the apple to themselves and they were planning on paying it back, and then they just never did. So really, it's just never paying back a loan. You see what I'm saying? Okay, I, I guess we're not lawyers. We're not lawyers. We're not uh, experts in any of this. We're just trying to like make the world a better place. Well, that's great. I'm 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 happy for you, Megan. Uh, I and I was wondering if you wanted to donate. Oh, is that what this is? I just thought maybe if you were feeling really sorry is about this whole how you thing just. <laughs> Just so you realize, Megan, I, in senior year, let me tell you a little something about me. In senior year, the cheerleading squad, uh, they kicked me out 
because of another hazing ritual, which, you know, that's what they did. And I didn't participate in it, and they kicked me out, and I wasn't able to participate in these uh, senior year events, and I couldn't get accepted to college, and I work at a pizzeria, and that is my job. I don't have much money. Uh, so, you know, I, I'll give like, a, I give like five bucks, but it seems yeah. like you just, it seems like you just called me to make you feel really, really guilty and then <laughs> asked for money. <laughs> five bucks would be really, really great. Um, Here, I'll give you my personal Venmo, um, and I'll... Okay. You know that that's what we're using at the In a Sense project. Can I um, can I get a link to this website? Oh, we don't we don't have um, our website's actually down. It's really weird. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, that's fine. I, can, I I look up In a Sense project. It'll pop. But if you've done any work, hey boys, look who's back! Oh my God, it's Gregson. You you've returned. Yeah. And I'm ready this time. I'm ready to walk on some coals, baby. No, Gregson, we told you. Your feet are too sensitive for this life. I've been training for this for the last five <laughs> years. And I promise you, boys. I what promise I'm happening? ready. Hey, hey, uh, something I, big is kind of going down. This whole time, over I on... kind of, I'll be honest with you. I kind of assumed that you were, like, getting revenge, like, Carrie style. And, like, you were, like, a killer and knows where your victims and you were pretending to be a cold class. But now I learned it legitimately is a cold class. Yeah, and actually something really big is about to go down on over here. Um, So... Can we kind of wrap this up? Yeah, uh, I'm. My break ended like four, uh, like a minute ago, and I'm getting. I'm gonna get in trouble. So, look, just. I'll just. I'll just look you guys up and find your contact information and contact you guys later. Since I assume I assume it's a real project, I'll just. I'll look it up and I'll find you and I'll send you money. Okay. Okay. I mean, maybe I could just stop by and you can give me the money like in person, Click. or you could steal something from the. Oh. I don't know what I don't know what Megan expected. <laughs> and now time to <laughs> time to redeem myself in the eyes of my peers. Don't do it, Gregson. One, holy shit, he's doing it. Two, he's walking on those coals. He's walking on them. Three, what is he doing? What? Why is he? He's wiping the protective liquid off his feet. He's gonna barefoot it. Three. Oh my God! Bare soles to coals, and Craigson's just doing it. <laughs> oh man, he's just doing it over there. Four. Oh, I I swear to God, this was written. This was written in the stars. This was. It's like the prophecy said. One day, when soul to coal, when souls to coal. It would save all our souls. What the fuck is this? Five! Well, time for all of us to drink the Kool-Aid, because uh, the Jesus, Messiah's here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, hey, Megan, did you manage to get any money to fund our, to fund our, to fund our venture? To fund our, our coal-walking cults? Our cult, our cult-walking? Oh. Uh, God damn no, it. Cult. Not this... Not this time, not this time. But, but I, I, I listen. I started to soften her up. I'm pretty sure if I just really apply the guilt, and and a lot of people were mean to me in high school, um. So you know, I got I have a rich vein to tap, to tap. 
That's our girl. <laughs> Begging Megan. <laughs> Begging Megan. Begging <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Okay. Um, so now in the, you, now we, you know, like imagine if you will, uh, like an interrogation room, right? And there's like in like Kendrick Lamar's DNA (laughs) Mm -hmm. and there's a guy at the table and the, and Don Cheadle's got the light on him. But then like there's a pause and then the handcuff comes off and Kendrick Lamar stands up. And Don Cheadle sits down, put the handcuff on him, and the light turns on him. I'm going to turn the table on you, and now you're being interrogated. Now it's your turn to prove that you are more than just your identity journey. What? I mean, all I basically said was that I was kind of a lonely, shitty kid. It's not that much of a <laughs> wonderful reveal. But you know what? What, uh, what? what do you think is something that's changed about you, other than your gender, over the last... 10 years. That's kind of what it is, right? It's about, like, what is a, a good aspect of your growth in the last decade? That's what I would say this has become. What is something about yourself that you were happy to see? Because I think what I really am realizing this is. We said earlier that people go through these changes as a teenager, and it's like, well, why are you focusing on these changes now? And it's because people don't have to stop changing when they hit 20 years old. There's a lot of aspects of who I am and what I love about myself that happened between the ages of 19 and now about to turn 29. And I think that what this really is about is that we, that change isn't something that just happens when you're young. That change is a constant. And what do you think is something about yourself that you look back and you're glad to see a growth and a change that isn't related to your gender expression? Which is one thing you're happy to see change. But what else is there? So, yeah, listen, I'm not just my gender. Okay, I'm not just trans. Um, you know, I've changed a lot. Um, I I am a Capricorn, St- born and raised, still Capricorn. Um, one thing that'll never change. It's my it's my, uh, <laughs> my astrology symbol. That'll never change. You know, and there's just a lot of other other stuff to me. For example, um, I don't know why it's very funny that you're like. There's a lot about me that's different. <laughs> Like, ah, uh, there's tons. There's there's tons of things. Like, let's see. My fashion sense has changed. My, I, I wear makeup now. Quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting. Well, I'm not good at. I. I mean, I'm not. I'm not getting better at makeup. Honestly, that's. Um, I I can do like one little. You can see in the video actually. We're t- <laughs> you can I I can do like one little. Ooh, one little eyeliner. I think that's really thing. nice though. Like you know, like we didn't have the privilege of like having people in our lives who could share that with us now we kind of do but we're coming in late you know what i mean like i think it's awesome that you're starting that i haven't even started at all i'm terrified of doing eyeliner i'm so scared of putting my eyes (laughs) here's here's a thing in which i'm not i don't have to talk about being trans What if in this podcast in general, every single time we ever talk about trans, we had a a long run. Every time. Like, what a horrible... It's like, in this... We're in this episode of Serial. Anytime we mention murder... (laughs) (laughs) Here's here's an interesting one. Well, probably not. It's probably boring. (laughs) But I... You don't have to uh, precede everything you say with a disclaimer that it's going to be dumb. Because I've I've never really heard you say something stupid. I'm going to be honest with you. 
Like you don't say stupid things. You just you just don't. You you, you got good thoughts. <laughs> you always act like you're gonna say the worst thing ever, and then it's usually very thoughtful. Uh, so now, what is the what is the really potent, so you were thoughtful, about... amazing thing you're going to say that's gonna impress everybody? Well, you were talking about how you um you were like stage one in the sort of like toxic kind of incel mindset. Like, oh, no and, one likes me because I'm in some it's some not and it's not because of me, it's because of some societal thing. You know, that that dangerous yeah. beginning place. A lot of teenagers and if you're if you're a young listener and you ever feel like that <laughs> Maybe just try to remember that no one is a monolith, and even if a few people are mean to you, which is shitty, don't ever think that it's based on like a demographic, for example. Right? Yeah, they're don't not biological. There's no biological inclination to be mean. <laughs> so if you're a young person and you feel that way, you know, people in high school kind of suck sometimes, and that's basically all it is. I so the the toxic community that I was present for at the first stage um but did not get radicalized although they did sort of try um was like Scientology Yeah was was the, well the Moonies the moon, the Moonies I just love their clever their clever lyricism Actually that was what drew me in was the answer my friend lies with Sung Young Moon <laughs> um the, the the community that I was like kind of stage one shitty was the way I was sort of like I leaned into the edgy atheism thing mm. in high school. Um and I think I think it's really interesting because to to think about how that starts, because really where that starts is like I'm in high school, I'm trying to create like an identity for myself. Sure. And um, one way in which I some people try to create an identity for themselves is you want to think of yourself as like a free thinker. Yeah. You know, you want to think of yourself as someone who is like, oh, like the rest of my kids my age are all like, they're all interested in the same things and they all believe all the same stuff. But like, I'm different. I have a different set of beliefs. I think that the intern the 2010s atheist community that you know watched Christopher Hitchens debate videos yep. and listened to Sam Harris you know and like the group and- that became very popular in post 9/11 Iraq war Muslim hating America and yes started out as a Man, logical thinking is rad, and slowly turned to Muslim people are inferior and should be destroyed, and just like, gradually got there. Yes, um, and like, I want to be. I, is... I think there are probably listeners who are like, "Oh, I'm atheist, and I think I'm right." And it's like it's not about like it wasn't about belief in atheism. It was a it was a superiority thing that came from a deeper, darker place. No, yeah, this is not these. This, this is like not atheism. about atheism. I think that it came from a general desire to posture themselves as I think I think it appealed to a very libertarian mindset sure, and I think sure. it I think and I think it was a desire for a this group of people to posture themselves as the free logical thinkers in a world of uh propaganda and brainwashing it's the classic like these people are sheep and we're 
not, you know, and, uh, you know, despite being like such a fucking, like, despite literally flocking to these men. And, 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 and <laughs> the guy who said, we'll see who cancels who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was actually going to get there <laughs> um, because I think there is, you can, abs- there is an absolutely a, a line you can draw between the, the old skeptic community and what became the, what, what is now referred to sometimes as like the intellectual right or the intellectual dark web. So that's Jordan Peterson, your Ben Shapiro's. Where do you think your insecurities came from? Cause like you had a family who your father is a very staunch atheist. Your mother is a more, is a spiritual, if not religious person so you had both these people in your family who you loved very much, and neither of them was toxic in who they were. How did you come out of that with an insecurity that led to this potential dangerous direction? Because it wasn't like kids were judging you for being an atheist in school. We didn't have that many hardcore religious people, and one of your best friends was religious. So where did that? Where do you think that came from? That that insecurity. I think that, there is a certain. I don't know what to call it. Like a literalist epistemology that appeals to a that appeals to a certain kind of brain that is struggling with the with, that struggles with gray areas and nuance yeah, and struggles with the feeling of this feeling that like things are never just like things are never simple and it can be very, very stressful to feel that, like, everything has to be so complicated. Everything is so subjective. And so I think that I don't know if it's just, like, a certain kind of brain. I mean, it it, 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 it certainly is appealing. It For me, it was definitely appealing to feel like there was an objective truth mm. that existed that I was on the right side of like getting at what is What I find true. fascinating about that is that that as someone who grew up religious that is exactly what I thought that there was an objective truth to the universe and that I had the answers. I think we're all in to an extent grasping we all grasp at systems for some people that might be astrology for some people that is religion for some people that is uh, like atheism as not simply as a lack of belief, which sometimes atheism is just a lack of belief in God. I still don't truly believe in God, but atheism can also be a structure of belief where, wherein you're constructing like a, basically a value system around being an atheist, where being an atheist stands in for you are, you are, a defender of free speech. You have a very high uh, esteem for kind of traditional Western education and Western epistemological systems of like determining what is true and what is not. You also just have like a very high regard in general for what I would call like libertarian individualism. Like this idea that like the best thing to be is like, to be, you know, there is, like, these other systems are bullshit. You know, like, oh, astrology is bullshit, or religion is bullshit, or, you know, feminism is bullshit. Um, but you, but you're, you're your own man, and you're, 
you've figured out the, the code. The, you've hacked the matrix. And it and it and it, like it, you know, it to me it flows into like red pill shit. Like the, this idea that you're 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 on the right path and everybody else is confused and scared. And to be clear, it did not work on me. Like as soon as my YouTube algorithm started sharing these deeply Islamophobic you know, maybe it helped that I had a best friend from the Middle East. That's a honestly. good point. It's interesting how like you and I both because like I would I would say like like religion, atheism, astrology, all these belief systems or non-belief systems, depending on how you look at it. Because atheism is a belief that there is no God. That's that's not like it's not like belief is a bad thing by any means. It is that is it's a it's what you believe. And all all beliefs can lead to beauty in how you act. But it's kinda like going back to what I said, action matters so much more than anything. And so it's not just that actions matter more. It's that very likely you are going to lean into the belief systems that encourage or allow you to act the way you want to act. And it's anyway. important to know that inaction is also a form of action. Like for some people, astrology is a framework for, you know, uh, my my wife, she draws tarot cards as a way of... I would say as a way of kind of reminding her that she needs to be changing things in her life, which is something she wants to be doing anyway. But if my wife was a, like, was, like, was a white supremacist, then I don't think, like, maybe astrology wouldn't be the thing she would turn to. But she could absolutely turn to, um predestination right she or she might just be like she she might exactly she might be drawn into yeah she might become a daily wire listener and she might use the daily wire to instruct her on how she should live you know use jordan peterson's book to instruct her on how to live her life in a way that like right now the tarot cards do and either way she's doing what deep down she truly wants to be doing she's found the system that best suits exactly. her actual personality. And that's why I um, say that in, the inaction matters as much as action, because I think it is really easy for religious people, post-religious people, complicatingly religious people to say, look, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a Baha'i, I'm a Muslim, whatever, and I know that my, my church, my group, my community participates in this harmful thing, but I don't. I'm not like that. And it's easy to just excuse community behavior because you aren't directly involved. But like when we grew up as young people, when young people are exploring their identities, whether that's gender, whether that's anything, whatever their identity is going to you know, be explored in because there's areas that people struggle in, there's areas that they don't even question. Any area where you are insecure in, for you, it was this place of you wanted the world to make sense. And I wanted my relationships to make sense. And both of those can lead to a place where your answer is a harmful one. Your answer is blaming someone else for what you are feeling. Blaming a group for what you are feeling. The stupidity of others in your mind or the judgment of others in your mind. Rather than being like, maybe I need to figure out myself, you say... All of these people in this group need to change who they are to fit my belief or to fit my problems. And 
It's why, and I'm going to bring it back to LGBT because this podcast is yes androgyny. Uh, yep, I, I'm not even feeling nothing. The, there's no buzz anymore. It's just, it's just the, a sad the, noise. The, 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 the generator is dead. Generator is dead. Uh, the generator. <laughs> the generator. <laughs> the, uh, the truth is that it's impossible not to bring this back to gender because I think part of the reason why I was having a hard time dealing with gender politics and my place in them was partially that I was a non-binary person who was trapped in an AMOB existence and felt frustrated that this other group was other than me and this group was the group I was associated with. And as a result, I fell into this place of feeling lost and aimless. Really, I was fighting against myself mm. because mm -hmm. my brain is actually naturally wired to see things as being very complicated. And maybe that is why I was like, well, at least with this one issue, with the fucking existence of the universe and God and all that shit, at least I know for sure they ain't nothing out there. They ain't no dis intelligent design. You know, like, I think that because... You know, the first time I ever met a trans person was in uh, ninth grade. I did a, I was in a production of Midsummer Night's Dream and I was in, we had, you know, co-ed dressing rooms and um, the, one of the, uh, the actor, one of the actors in the show um, was changing uh, when I walked in and he was uh, like putting his binder Ah, and you just didn't know what that was. And I was like, I had this moment because I had, uh, you know, he had passed for me as as male. And I had this, like, I, I just simply remember, like, I had this moment where I went, where in my brain, I, sa I thought to myself, oh, okay, was, have I been wrong this whole time? Is this, uh, is this guy... Um, actually a girl and I've just like I just assumed because like you know they look kind of masculine or whatever and so but th but then I was like and so then I was like but I was like kind of embarrassed that maybe I'd been like I'd gotten it wrong this whole time so I just sort of like observed quietly as other people interacted with him and then I they would or or talk to me about him or whatever and then they'd be like oh yeah he did that or he did and this and you'd be like and so, oh so he's... and so then I sat there and then I sat there in my little brain and I was like, oh, okay, so they are saying he. They're definitely saying he. I guess he just is a he and he has boobs. And like, I didn't get it, but my brain instantly accepted like that the possibility that his reality oh, and, and everybody's reality allowed for that was instantly something that I was, you know, I'm not saying this to say like, oh, look at how like, how, like, high-minded I've always been. Like, there's there are plenty of other issues in which I took much longer to be progressive. Um, I, you know, we like, I, I have things that I'm very ashamed of having believed and said in the past. But with this one thing, at least, I was able to pretty quickly just go like, oh, okay, I don't get this, but I don't need to because, like, the fundamental thing here is that everyone's saying he, so I'm going to say he because that's what they're saying and like i guess he just has boobs and that's like whatever that's what it is and then that was fine and then like you know as as high school went on more of my friends like you know i came out as non-binary and i learned about that it's like epistemology versus like ontology like in my mind 
ontology was always flexible. Like this question of what is something was always really, really flexible. It was like, what something is, is what is subjective. It's like, oh, this person is a, is a guy. Okay. Even cool. though he, he doesn't indicate he's a guy in the ways that I've come to understand guys are, but he's still a guy because that just seems to be what he is. And I had an easy time with like those like types of ontological questions. But when it came to like epistemological questions where it was like, like how do we construct systems of, of how we learn things? I was like really intent on building a base of like logic and and like evidence. And so sure. I was really into South Park and I was like really into because they present themselves as like, oh, we're we we're don't, always we don't going fall to be for the logical. bullshit. We're just purely logical to the end. And in retrospect, they're wrong about so much shit. Like you go back, like even like you know, the one I always use is like the the alcoholism episode. Like they just have this whole episode where they just like paint alcoholics as like these like pathetic, you know, attention seekers. And like, no, that's a real fucking disease. Like even from just five like a, minutes to understand that. Right. Like, like, so, so with that, it's not actually an intellectualism. It's not true intellectualism. It's not true logic. It's the appearance it's, it's an aesthetic it's, it's a it's an it's a it's an aesthetic appearance of intelligence to frame all of your feelings and so i think that i was always like kind of caught between these two things like both this this embrace of the wiggliness of things like inner natures and also this desire to impose strict frameworks on what is or isn't true information. It's fascinating how you are saying, in a way, gender politics helped you realize that your epistemology, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a fucking philosophy major. <laughs> I'm using these words like epistemology is like how we know things. So basically it, well, basically, gen the understanding of gender politics did... Like, the scientific method, yeah. right, is, a, is an example of, like, we know things because we, we've done st experiments that have proven that these things and see, work, it's like you, It's like you had these two parts in your mind of, like, an accepting person and an obsessively logical person to the extent where you actually would reject certain truths because your idea of logic didn't prescribe to them. And then you confronted this other aspect to yourself, which was a very accepting person, and it forced you to confront these thoughts about yourself. And what's funny is that my revelations about gender politics had the exact same effect on my dangerous path that I was going down because, and I can't believe it's come back to gender again because it just always does, uh, <laughs> my, the day I learned what trans people were. There's so little electricity now, even the mechanism that makes the horrible foghorn sound has died yeah it's that's how much we've drained we've drained the whole power grid is going down <laughs> yeah we're actually we're actually giving power away rather than taking it um yeah yeah, yeah sorry it's the opposite we're producing this we're is actually the generator's battery's charging we're just giving it back electricity from our nipples um my my hypocritical nipples are hypocritical 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 hypocrisy um <laughs> Yeah, my um, my partner revealed to me that he was 
a man. First person he'd come out to. And I had a crisis because I had never heard of trans people before. I didn't know what was going on. I was so confused. You can imagine how confusing that is because it's not only about this person. It's about, you know, when you're ignorant to how these things work, you attach it to your own identity. You're like, wait, but I don't date men. How does that make sense? Like, my, I was confused. So I was like freaking out. And I sat down with what I thought was my brother and told her my experiences and like I was, and then my sister says to me no i mean I, that's just the thing that i mean i'm a girl so in one day not only did i learn what trans people were but my partner came out as a man and my sibling came out as my sister and these two people that were so critical to my life came out to me on the same day and i was it was like my whole world was changing and i had always gone through life basically you know, because fundamentally a lot of my doubts were associated with my feelings of, like, people don't like me because of things that I can't control. Right. Because you're hyper and... I'm hyper. And I began to associate that with, like, you know, oh, women don't like me and guys think I'm fine. And then I realized that gender was a complete construct. And that what I had thought was completely silly. And that happened a few months after senior year of high school. And it's always been a little sad to me that I had to finish high school and move on with my life before I was able to have these very important realizations and apply them to my life. My revelations about gender, that uh, trans mask actor, that happened before I became the little atheist you know, Hitchens cuck. Um, <laughs> I think my issues that I had growing up were, I had a different, a very different experience of gender than, mm, than mm -hmm. you did. And it had to do with the people that we were interacting with. I had way more interactions with people who in high school who were out as non-binary and I had a sense of my own gender, not as like an identity. I didn't think that I was actually literally not a man, but I did very quickly in high school discover that my sensibilities, my values, my just like the things I enjoyed fit much more with the girls in my life than the than the dudes. And I and I found myself actually like, I mean, I had almost entirely exclusively female friends in high school because I ended up seeking out th those groups in a way. And I was comfortable being myself. It was how I learned how to express myself emotionally in a way I hadn't expressed myself emotionally before. The The best compliment I could ever be given by anybody was like being told like, oh, you're you're just like one of the, you're just like one of the girls or whatever. And so I think for me, it was... Gender was like something that was like, I understood that gender was a social construct before I really understood it. Like I, I internalized it before I understood it intellectually. And that for me is the break. What was the, that was the division for me is that there were things that I knew on a gut level and there were things that were intellectual and my intellectual brain was kind of an asshole. <laughs> but my gut level was like very accepting and malleable and like and I think that I thought that my intellectual brain the brain that wanted to vote that didn't want to vote 
in, because both sides were the in same. 2020 and 20 uh not 2020 uh in 2012 <laughs> um it didn't want to vote because i was like i was like well no one is talking about obama's drone strikes and for me that was like i'm constructing a moral paradigm out of this idea that i'm I'm, Do you I'm, see things for how they truly are? I see things for how they truly are. I'm not going to get taken in. And then, of course, a friend of mine was like, hey, you know, uh, if if Romney gets elected, I, my family loses, like, health care, and things are still bad overseas anyway, but also my family won't have health care. And, and, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, that isn't, like, like, it was a gut, right? and which is more of an appeal to the gut. And I think that I've always felt like my brain, like, because I'm, I'm, I'm insecure about my brain. I, I think that I want to be smart, but I'm so insecure about it. So I think for me, I think for you, the insecurities were around your emotional self. Around what sucks is I, what sucks is I had, this is one aspect that makes it even more complicated. Yeah. In senior year, I had... I mean, I, I assume this is still true. I had a female friend, and she was very, very kind and very nice. And I think that I unintentionally sabotaged, not by, like, I think I sabotaged that friendship by just assuming the whole time that I was not a, not a good candidate to be a friend. You know what I mean? I think I didn't think I was a good candidate to be a friend. I think that I was sad about myself. Right. And you like, internalized. Was, I mean, this is why, I by the way, she was a really She was a fucking brilliant person. And I think that uh, it's really sad that I... And it wasn't it, it came from that place of like just thinking I was a I was an idiot. There is absolutely such a thing as misandrist sex essentialism, right? Like th this idea that men are are biologically incapable of having female friends, of forming emotional connections. Like that's an extremely damaging idea and it's not true at all. No. But you absorb now, those almost ideas. all of my all, basically every single friend that I hang out with now is either LGBT or uh, like cis AFAB. And it's just funny how that happens. And I think part of that comes from I discovered who I was. And I didn't seek out certain friends over others. I just let myself be happy with who I was. And then people came to me, you know, because I'm not saying high schoolers do that. I think the truth of the matter is high school is just a bad time to make any choices. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a situation where I think that if I had been, like, more confident in high school, I would have been the most popular kid in school. I don't think I, – I, I was a brown kid. I don't know how that may have impacted things. Really, all it is is just we just have to wait. If our if our high school lives suck and we – we should always try to work on being a kinder, better, more open person. But sometimes you just got to fucking wait. <laughs> Harsh though that is to say to past Ari, who posted every single day how many days le were left in high school – and at the time, everyone thought it was a hilarious bit, but it was a cry for help. So I think that um, I sort of came into this episode with this vague idea that we were going to talk about, like, the things besides gender that kind of are part of our personalities. You know, the bit of, like, we're not just trans. And instead, I feel like it kind of segued into this thing of just sort of talking about how we interacted with these different 
cultures growing up paradigms as right as we were searching for identity like it's almost like we weren't we weren't openly trans so what were we and um i think that made for an an interesting an interesting episode um i don't think we have time for another improv scene so sorry if you come for the improv baby you are very disappointed i hope you liked that one great phone call scene um, I will say that fundamentally, I have so many regrets about how my second decade turned out in some respects. And it's not like I like went away with like a bunch of like quote unquote Amazon drivers dead on the floor of my apartment, but it's more like I'm so much happier now, even with the struggles I still go through, because we all do. I have so much more comfortable with myself uh i have such good friendships i can look at my past with a sense of clarity and a sense of where i could have been a better person and where other people could have been better to me and understanding that both can be true and the thing that makes me so happy is that through all of the stuff that you and i went through the changes that we've gone through the singular constant through most of my life has been our friendship. It is the one thing from that era of my life where I was suffering abuse at home. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my social situation. And yet we found this friendship that whatever it is that makes it work so well never went away. And that's really beautiful to me. But like we can talk about all these changes, but like I just remember... It's funny. I look back at who you were back then, and I still see that person. All the beautiful things about that person, and they're still here, and they're, they were there then too, right? It wasn't like you became a new person and you were shitty, and now you're not. Like you were a wonderful person with flaws, and I was a wonderful person with flaws, and now we're more wonderful people. We still have flaws, but I think we're more wonderful, right? And you're one of the most beautiful people I know, both inside and out. You're wonderful, and I want you to know that, like. I'm happy that for all the crazy changes we went through, none of that, the fact that nothing about our friendship changed indicates how beautiful that core friendship is. I think that was really beautifully said. Um, I wish that your body language wasn't so hostile while you were saying it though. There's something about the way you're, you're pressing on, my face with your boot and holding a pitchfork to my stomach like you're about to gut me definitely undercut the emotionality a little bit i just need to know i need to know what did you eat for lunch um i ate uh peanut butter what did you eat peanut butter Mm -hmm. um okay that's that's edible i'm I'm down uh, eggs edible good um brandy brandy carlisle brandy carlisle oh, I ate- oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry <laughs> i oh, killed the brandy carlisle oh. oh i'm sorry well guys charlie is dead hey and ari. i guess he- hey ari did yeah. you uh did you get that money from charlie before you before you killed her that we need for our uh, cult, for our coals. To... I made her feel really 
reminiscent about our past and I was I was so close to being like and that's why I need fifteen dollars from you. Can I just have this one thing in honor of our friendship? And then uh and then I murdered her in cold blood. So unfortunately I did it. not you're get such, money. You're such a goddamn fuck up, Ari. If and honestly, if you didn't recognize my flaws in the way that you do, I don't think I would want to treat you with the common t- courtesy. <laughs> I think I'm going to, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and go write a status real quick. Oh, wait, there's a letter. There's a letter here. There's a letter here from Charlie. Oh. Real quick. Let's just read this real quick. It's like I, it's like I can hear Charlie's voice in my head. Hi, Ari. If you're reading this letter, it probably means that uh, you killed me and uh ransacked my corpse of all of my money so that you could fund your weird coal walking your weird coal walking cult that started i guess is like a like a like a youtube fan base around like some famous coal walking youtuber but it's definitely become something that's like a little bit toxic but i do want you to know ari that um i i love you very very much and I appreciate your friendship um, more than I was ever able to put in words in life. <laughs> and damn, I, this is making me feel so guilty reading this over the corpse of my friend. I have never met anyone who um, approaches themselves the world or other people with as much good faith and honesty and a commitment to uh to compassion and kindness and doing the right thing and uh you uh teach me new lessons in how to be a better person every single time we interact. I love you, Charlie. Damn it, I wish her corpse was alive. (laughs) (laughs) Yes Androgyny was conceived, recorded, and produced by Ari Borhanian and myself, Charlie Monroe. This show is released bi-weekly every other Monday. If you want more content or you care to support the show, we can be found at patreon.com slash yesandrogyny, where we will be posting an extra episode of bonus content, plus other fun surprises at least every off week. Also, follow us on Twitter at yesandrogyny for more updates. This show is co-produced by New32 Productions, an independent North Carolina media company that Ari and I are both heavily involved with. You can find New32 on YouTube at youtube.com slash new32, that's N-E-W-3-2. Our music was composed by Florify, F-L-O-R-R-I-F-Y, whose link tree can be found in the episode description. Our theme song is Riff in A by Garrett stein Sarusi, who plays the guitar on the track, with additional arrangement, instrumentation, and mastering also by Florify. Our cover art is by the inimitable Izzy Pereira, who can be found on Twitter at Izzy Squeaksy. That is I-Z-Z-Y-S-Q-U-E-A-K-Z-Y. 
Lastly, but not leastly, Ari can be found on Twitter at MetaJokerMusic, where they post about their myriad music and webcomic writing projects, including their epic fantasy adventure webcomic in the vein of Redwall that is uh, so good. It's called Mithorial. They co-created it with our cover artist, Izzy, and it is posted weekly. So definitely check that out. It's super rad. Charlie, meanwhile, is a little bit shy and is going to refrain from posting a handle for the time being. Lol. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. That concludes the credits. See you in two weeks or sooner if you join our Patreon. Bye!